If you would take your Bible this morning and <clears throat> turn with me to the book of Matthew, please. Matthew chapter 13. And would you please stand? Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, then I'll have a word of prayer, and then you may be seated. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 16, the Bible says this, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the rich faith that we have. Thank you, Lord, for those that believed, that stood for that belief. Lord, help us today to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As Jesus is speaking here, speaking to His disciples, no doubt He's reminding them, one of the things anyway, of the great privilege that they had to not only to be with Jesus, to be able to see the things that that they have seen, the miracles and, and all the wonderful works that the Lord had done, but to hear the things that they were privileged to hear. To actually hear Jesus. The very words, He is the Word. To be able to to be there to hear what they heard. Oh my goodness. What a great opportunity. What a great privilege they had. And Jesus was reminding them of that. Saying that there were righteous men, there were prophets that have not been able, oh, they desired to hear what you've heard. But they didn't get to. Oh, there were, there were these great men and women that, 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 hey disciples, that longed to see what you've been able to see. But they didn't get to. But yet, in spite of all of that, they still believed. They still believed. My friend, this morning, through the centuries, there have been men and women who have followed God in faith. Oh, thank God for them. Though they had little to none of the Word of God, 
though, though as far as uh, we, we, we knew, they had no written revelation from God. Yet, in spite of all of that, they faithfully obeyed God and did what He said. How amazing is that? For example, I could, I could speak of Noah. We all know about that guy. But can you imagine having to stand alone preaching what God told him to preach and nobody believing him except his family? Yet, guess what? By faith, he kept on doing what was right to do. Or how about Daniel? Of course, Daniel in so many examples, in so many ways, yet still, even though, even though he had such opposition and, and even though you know, uh, his life was always threatened in, in some form or fashion, and even to the point of, of, of uh, uh, being killed and all of those things, yet here still trusting God. May I remind you of a man by the name of Abraham and, and that of Moses. Can you imagine setting out to do something that was impossible? God telling Abraham to go. And, of course, the question would be, where? Well, I'll tell you when you get there. And yet he went. Trusting God. Believing in God. Maybe everyone else thought he was a fool. But he believed in God. He believed in what God says. And Moses, you talk about leading a bunch of of misfits. Talking about leading a bunch of people that like to complain and argue all the time. And sometimes that can get pretty wearisome on, on, on the leader. And yet he kept on going and, and, he, and, he, and he led these people through the wilderness and, and, and my goodness, the Red Sea experience and on and on and on it goes. How come? Moses, that's impossible. How in the world are you going to, you know, these people are in captivity. How in, how in the world are you going to get them out? God's great at doing the impossible. But someone needed to believe. Some of you are not hearing what I'm saying. Some of you are needing to believe. Believe in God. Believe what God says. Believe in, in what He stands for. Yeah, but that's impossible. I know that. It's impossible for you and I. But not him. Yeah, but there's water all over the place, and how in the world we're going to cross? <laughs> Just stand and see. But somebody had to believe. Somebody says, "I believe in your word. I'll stand there. I'll put those rocks out there in the middle. I'll, I'll do it." 
Yeah, I'll take this thing and yeah, I'll hit, hit it, hit the water and oh my goodness, look what happened. It wasn't Moses, by the way. It was the God of Moses. Abraham and Moses, men that did the impossible, no doubt. Some risked their lives to do what was right. Like, for example, Nehemiah to build the wall. Oh my goodness, what a, what a feat that was. How dangerous it was. And the enemy tried more than once to get rid of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah says, how can I go and hide myself and leave this great work? No, I'll stay right here. Yeah, but your life's in danger, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah said, no, it's okay. My God will take care of it. Yeah, but, but your life, I mean, isn't it as important? And apparently when it comes to faith, not so much. Even Esther, risking her life, doing that which could get herself killed. But she believed in God. I tell you, that's incredible. They didn't have the resources like you and I have today, by the way. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews, please. In Hebrews in chapter 11. Hebrews in chapter 11. Notice this, Hebrews in chapter 11, notice with me in verse number 13. Are you ready? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. These all died in faith. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is, unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to call, to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. Oh, my friends, this morning, faith, that's what we're talking about. A faith that supersedes, a faith that goes beyond our own lives and the care of our own lives. The faith that is willing to, to step out and to trust to trust a God to the impossible. A faith that's willing to stand up when nobody else is. A faith. Where is that faith today? Do you have it? I hope and pray this morning that without a doubt you can say, yes, I believe. But folks, it's more than just, just saying I'm saved. 
But, but, but it's a matter of b- believing what God says and stepping out by faith and obeying Him. Even though the odds may be against you and even though it seems impossible and even though there may be a, a risk to take. That's the faith that I'm talking about. I tell you, I am so encouraged by Hebrews chapter 11. Bible says, look if you would in verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That's talking about, you know who? Moses. Oh, without a doubt. And there are others that the Bible mentions here who by faith, who through faith done amazing things. The odds were against them. And they all died, not having received the promise. Can I tell you something else? Please listen as I read to you. Verse 32. Are you there? And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others, and others. You know, we liked what we just read. Boy, I tell you how how exciting and how victorious and all of those things. And then it doesn't stop there. It goes on and it reads like this. And others, the Bible says, the Bible says, and others were tortured. Tortured for what? Because they were bad people? No. They were tortured because of their faith. In other words, what they believed in. In their faith in God. The Bible goes on and says this. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Why? Because of their faith. Of whom the world was not worthy. In comparison to them in this world, it is described by the Spirit of God that the world is not even worthy to have them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Yet we, today, boy, what resources we have. What what opportunities we have today 
that they did not have back then. Can I tell you? You know, in order for them to talk to someone about God, about the promise, they had to travel for miles. They didn't, by the way, didn't have planes back then. It took them weeks and months and years to get from one place to another. But as they did, they would speak of God and they would, they, and they lived for God. And they were punished for God. And they were killed for their faith. You know, today, in order to get the gospel message from someone across town, all we have to do is just send them a text. And messenger, please. Facebook. In order to do the work of God, quite often, did you know that today, all we have to do is broadcast it and it can go to millions of people? All I'm telling you is this. Boy, what resources you and I have today to live our faith? What resources... By the way, do you think that our country is better, closer to God today? Maybe that's why you don't hear much about the sufferings of Christians as you, as was described in the Bible. Oh, there are sufferings. We just don't hear about them. But here in America, is, is America so in tune with God that Christians don't suffer? Kind of hard to answer that because really and truly, I, I get a little feel, a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach because I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think it's because Christians in America are living so righteous and so good and so strong that the world is at bay and they're so scared of us. I don't believe that is it at all. No, I think it's the opposite. I think we have toned it down. I think we have diluted the gospel. I think maybe we have compromised. And the world doesn't see us as a threat anymore. We don't have to be punished for our faith because no one stands up. And we've, we've done that so much that unfortunately it's not righteousness that rules. But unfortunately, it's unrighteousness. Can I tell you? It's already on the books. Things that are legal today in, in our country are against God. That's, that's the problem. And so, this morning, <clears throat> though I will say to you to, today, they didn't have the resources like we have today. I believe without a doubt, God has given us all that we need for His work through His Word and the indwelling Spirit of God. He has. And it, and it is there for us. And, and it is a challenge today for your faith and mine. 
Right quickly, Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. There are three things here I want to just simply point out to you. We are challenged, according to Hebrews chapter 12, we are challenged to run the race. In other words, we are challenged to live by faith for Him. We are, that is, that is what you and I need to do. Yet we find, though, there are three things here that I want to point out. Number one, first of all, may we consider the witnesses. Verse 1 of chapter 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of what? Witnesses. Those that have gone before, those that have been there, those that have, have experienced the race. Whether you want to say those that have died and, and have been killed for their faith, but there are witnesses. You ought to be very thankful today for those that have paid the price. For those that, that not only believed in God, but stood for it. Thank God for for moms and dads and grandparents and, and that, that, that not only believed in God, but they lived it. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, it ought to encourage the younger generation to, to live their faith. Because why? If for any reason, because of what grandpa and grandma did, because of what mom and dad did, that's it. I want to challenge you grandpas and grandmas to, to live for God. Don't let this world change how you believe. But that so goes with the parents, too. And I'm a little concerned about you parents. I tell you, it's sadly, it's sad that it's, it's, our, it's our children who are changing how mom and dad believe. And it ought not to be that way. And I, and I tell you, the younger generation need to see a faith that is bold and that, that, is, that, that is solid in what God has said. That's what they need. Because I promise you, when it gets down to the point where they'd have nobody else, may they remember the God of Grandma and Grandpa. May they remember what Mom and Dad believed in. And they stood for it. It was so important. They, they stood for it. Even though it was tough and even though it was hard, and even though I fought them all along the way, a, parent, a kid would say. But this kid's remembering back. You know, every time I wanted, I wanted my way, mom and dad would, would stand firm on the truth. We never missed, we never missed a Sunday. We all, I didn't hate, I hated going to church. But my mom and dad, boy, I tell you, we always was there. Because they believed in it. They believed in God. It was not something that was just on Sunday. It was every day of the week. In other words, our God came home with us. I tell you, living for God, may we not forget those that have gone on. By the way, since this whole hero thing is quite popular, Marvel and all of that stuff, and everyone's looking for a hero, you better be careful. What heroes you have and your kids have. I tell you, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, 
and I, and I've, I confess this, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not normal. And uh, I was driving to church this morning, and this car comes up beside me. You know, we were at a light. But I heard this car coming way back yonder. Because that guy was so kind, he was playing his music for me. I didn't ask him to do that, but he wanted to anyway. I I heard what kind of music it was. And I I pictured in my mind, what if the singer that was rapping that stuff was sitting right in his car, telling him all the junk that was a part of that song. And his mind, listen carefully, his mind was soaking it up. He was enjoying it. Thought about that. I said, Would to God that God would be the one influencing minds instead of that guy and his music? I tell you, I'm so very thankful for men and women that have that have influenced my life, that has directed me in the right way, and that has encouraged me along the way. Thank God for those. Thank God. Number two, not only may we not forget the witnesses, but also may we not forget what stumbles us. How in the world are you and I going to live for the Lord if we don't get junk out of our lives that hinders us? The Bible says in, in our text, Sin and the weight. Sin and the weight which does so easily beset us or trips us up. I don't know about you, but I don't like to trip. It can cause some damage. Some of you have experienced that outright, right? You broke a bone. You busted your face. I mean... You paid the price for sure. You had to cancel different meetings and you couldn't go certain places because you fell. No, spiritually speaking, there are many Christians that are not able to do what God wants them to do because they keep tripping up. And they're not willing to remove the things in their lives that they should remove. I don't know what it is with you, but folks, we have a God who's quite who's quite good, and He can do anything. By the way, He can do anything in your life. I'll tell you that. I'll go on record in saying that. He can. But you've got to be willing to remove the sin and the weight that's in your life. Oh, but preacher, I don't want to give that up. But how are you going to run your race? How are you going to live for God in this day and age if you don't remove that stuff? That's between you and God, and I don't have time to debate that. Folks, let me tell you this. You know what ought not to be in your life. It does not help you at all. We are reminded, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. We We are commanded to run the race. There's one more thing. And that is your focus. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, in this day and age, there's one person we ought never to forget, and that is the Lord. We ought not to get our eyes off of Him in the midst of such a I tell you, we had such a blessing yesterday at the men's meeting. It was a good spirit. It was, it was just refreshing. It was encouraging. Well, we, there's a lot of guys that came sharing a lot of things yesterday. There's a lot of burdens that, that are being carried. But oh, I tell you, it was so encouraging to look to the Lord. It was so encouraging to bring our petitions to the throne of grace. Because sometimes the weight of the world can get our focus out of whack. We can get our eyes off of the Lord. We can get mad and angry because of whatever's happening in our lives. And we'll not do what God wants us to do because we're so mad and angry. And you know what? I'm just not... I'm just. I'm not going to go to church, or I'm not going to pray, or I'm not going to do what God would have me to do. I promise you, if you get your eyes back on Him, guess what? All that will melt away. When you get your eyes on the Lord, you can't help but look at Him. And then you look at yourself, and you say, I'm not even worthy. And then you humble yourself, and you ask Him to forgive you. And you get things right again. Because you got your eyes back on Him. Maybe this morning you need to get your eyes back on Him. I promise you, don't get your eyes on the preacher. If you only do what you do because of the preacher, I promise you that won't go very far. But if you get your eyes on the Lord, can I, can I tell you, listen, that will keep you straight. That will keep you walking right. That will keep you living right. When you keep your eyes on the Lord, you'll be tempted to quit. You'll be tempted to throw in the towel. But consider Him that endured such contradictions of sinners against Himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. All I'm saying is this. Let's get our eyes back on Him. Church, as a church, let's get our eyes back on Him. By the way, when you get your eyes on the Lord, you want to come to church more. Because you see how important it is. You want to pray more because... because well, that's what He wants you to do. You get my point. Let's all stand. <clears throat> we are to rely on Him and what He has provided and operate in the confidence that He will make a way for us. Sure, it may look bleak. It may look almost impossible. Yeah, you may even have to suffer. But you see, the faith that we ought to have is a faith that transcends all of that. Because we believe God is able. Maybe this morning you've come and you need to hear about a God that's able. And He is. 
Maybe this morning you've come so defeated. But can I tell you? God is able. The piano begins to play this morning. First of all, let me tell you this. The only one that can save your soul is God. You cannot save yourself. You and I are not good enough. So my friend, if God's knocking at your heart's door and revealed to you your need of a Savior, I can't save you. Neither can you. But God can. He's able. For those of us that do know Him, we know how how this world can really drag us down. Maybe it's because we've kind of forgotten those that have stood in the faith. The witnesses, those that have been encouragement to us. Maybe we've got some sin and weight in our lives that hinders us from running the race that we ought to run. Maybe our focus is off. Got our eyes off the Lord. Let's think it's time to get them back on Him. Father, I pray that Your will be done today. May You work in our hearts and have Your willing way in this invitation, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Dave, leads us. God has spoken to your heart. Church, you do what God would have you do. Come on, as we sing. Are you weary? What about it today? As God knocks at your heart's door, hey, you may be living the way God would have you to live. and You shine as a light in this dark world. Amen for that. Folks, I promise you, our faith in God, though it may be tried, though it no doubt will be tested. Truly, God is able. He will provide for you and I the resources to do what He wants us to do. We just need to believe in Him. How about your marriage? Can God fix that? Oh, yes, He can. sing another verse. Would you come? What about it? This is the last time.